0: (coughs) Yeah, second hour it is. Miss Busi Mabuza, chairperson of the South African chapter of the BRICS Business Council. Good evening, ma'am. Thank you for joining us on Hashtag Business on Wednesday on SAFM. Good evening from Devo. Thank
1: you for the
0: opportunity. Yes, that song is quite a an appropriate one given the fact that many South Africans in the truest sense got to understand its significance in Feb of 2018 when one President Cyril Ramaphosa said Tumamina and of course Tumamina went on to Tuma his others and you are one of those persons who have been tasked to find money for this country.
1: (laughs) And in fact, he's getting stricter. He's now uh, saying in Tumile go and do not, not just pray, you must bring the results
0: home. Okay, so, well, then, where are we in relation to that? <laughs> the BRICS Business Forum was, I mean, summit was opened yesterday. President Vladimir Putin, who is the host from St. Petersburg, did so. Just give us a synopsis of what it is all about, where we are at in relation to, first of all, securing some of these favorable, favorable deals for South Africa before we get into the actual issues that this particular forum focuses on. <laughs>
1: So if I may just remind us of where the BRICS Business Council, BRICS Business Forum, and the BRICS uh, fits in. First of all, we have uh, BRICS as a multilateral formation, and they were represented by the political structures with the heads of state, of course, heading back. South Africa joined the BRICS, I think, two years into its formation, and in 2013, when South Africa first hosted uh, the BRICS partners in Durban, the BRICS Business Council was launched because there was recognition that the heads of state and the politicians were having conversations, but those politics needed to be coupled with what is happening in the economy, and therefore, business needed to be brought onto the table, and that's how the BRICS Business Council was launched and formed. Now, this year has been quite unique because Mm. of the COVID situation that we've had. So the formation of meetings has not followed the pattern that we normally follow, which is that the BRICS Business Council meets perhaps three days before the heads of state meet. And then there is a big event which involves uh, business, it involves uh, politicians and civil society, and that is the BRICS Business Forum. That normally happens on the eve of the BRICS Summit, which is where the presidents then take the input that comes through from these uh, structures and synthesize it, and then they... a little later and through the council itself. And then we had the forum over a period of four days because may just mm. remind our listeners that because of the difference in time zones, when we meet, if you look at all the way from India and China all the way to Brazil, we only had a two-hour window per day. Uh, which was ideal for all of us to meet. And South Africa was at the sweet spot of that. So we would join the meetings at 1 o'clock South African time, and the meetings would finish at um, 3 o'clock, because then it would be too late for for India. So we met over four days because of that as the BRICS Business Council, covering topics that overlap um, issues of... Society and issues of economy.
0: Well, talking about those, because representatives from the five countries in the alliance, being Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, these sessions to which you refer range between digital technology, sustainable development, global healthcare challenges, female entrepreneurship, a very critical point in terms of changing the economic fortunes of any given society, and prospects for economic recovery post-COVID-19. And of course, COVID-19 would have been a major topic of discussion there, because I mean, when you look at India and Brazil, between them, they account for nearly 300,000 deaths. Those are a lot of deaths. Of course, they are quite a populous people, in India in particular. But South Africa is not doing too badly. I mean, it could have been worse, 20,000. Yeah. Russia, 35. And growing. F- and growing, of course. I'm just trying to find the yeah. Chinese one. but So essentially there would have been a strong focus in terms of how can we better in this alliance handle COVID 19 be it from sharing experiences sharing resources including personnel and coming with risk mitigating strategies because brazil and south africa are in the south china and russia are in the north so they are hitting essentially the second winter phase of the coronavirus and a lot of what is happening there may very much happen in south africa and Brazil And India sits almost in the middle of all of that because they're the closest to the equator, so they're probably, under under normal circumstances, the favourite one in that sense. So what has been the discussion in relation to handling COVID-19 in the Lions?
1: Without a doubt, that dominated the discussions um, from Brazil because there were lessons to be learned from how this virus has impacted each one of us. We all know that... um, The virus is said to have come out of China, and yet China has been able to control its impact, both in terms of the number of of people that were eventually infected and the fatalities better than anybody else um, in the world. They do have a different culture, they do have a different structure of government, but I think the thing that we can draw from them is the discipline with which they and the determination with which they decided to tackle this um, scourge, that they were able to actually turn the situation around. There were lessons to be learned from um let's take the example of how the different nations reacted when the seriousness of this disease became clear and almost everybody, Brazil I think was the exception, pulled in and went into one form or another of lockdown Mm. as a result impacting the respective economies, impacting global supply chains, and um, all manner of things. So there were lessons to be learned from that. And then there were solutions, of course, that were being offered. Russia and um, China are proposing that they are getting closer and closer to a vaccine that they can table to the world. India and South Africa are cooperating uh, on some of the medical and pharmaceutical interventions. And there also, there was an opportunity to um, share lessons. What encouraged me, Sunderland, was that the nations were beginning to look past covid and seeing what if there are other pandemics that can come our way? What are the lessons that we can put in place so that we can react with speed and make sure that the populations are protected going forward? And there, I think, there were very interesting lessons to be learned as well.
0: Interesting insights. More yet to come from Ms. Musa. Ms. Busima Buza, the chairperson of the South African chapter of the BRICS Business Council. We do know that, of course, the summit started yesterday on November 17, 2018, and it is open, close quote, being hosted by Russia and St. Petersburg. But all the respective presidents are in their respective countries, and we all know why. COVID-19. BRICS accounts for 42% of the world's population, so you can be very sure they are a major multilateral body. Your thoughts, calls, and comments are most appreciated after the break. 0117. 2006, what would you like to see South Africa achieve from its membership of BRICS and specifically how would you want South Africa to move on post-COVID-19 as a major player in the multilateral platform through especially BRICS, which is a migration from global west or global north to global east or global south? A conversation continues after the break. SAFM, leading the conversation. Viewpoint eight to ten pm turning conventional wisdom on its head. Songgesoma on, on SAFM. To the extent that you can tell us, and please be as candid as you can. America are saying now they've got two companies and maybe a third that have found themselves vaccines and they are touting an efficacy of some 90 to 95 percent. This surely would have been something which would have been a point of discussion. To what extent would it have been a point of discussion? And how interested are the BRICS member states in securing vaccines coming out of the U.S. on the basis of these announcements and statistics?
1: There was no specific reference to the American announcements because Russia and uh, China have been investing quite a lot of energy and time into developing their own vaccines. These are very unusual times from there, so um, the world has had to react within a very condensed period of time. So we have having announcements within periods that we're not used to in terms of long we expect it to take to test the efficacy of these interventions. So I think in our case as South Africa, we will have to rely on our own medical authorities and structures to actually take those vaccines and those solutions through the record the test before they are distributed in South Africa. Of course, there is an interest. The, the COVID uh, pandemic has shown us how vicious this affliction can be. So I believe that every nation has an interest in finding a solution, but it can't be at all cost. It can't just be on the basis of an announcement.
0: The funny thing is, and I'm, I'm asked that question deliberately because in August this year, Sputnik five, which is the Russian version of the vaccine, it went out or the announcement was made that it has done what it has had to do and Russia was seemingly leading the fight against coronavirus by producing that vaccine. But the kind of noise that was made in relation to Sputnik V was considerably negative in relation to some of the noise we have heard of and about Pfizer and Moderna. Could it be just a question of geopolitics being at play with all of that?
1: Look, the geopolitical environment remains quite tense. I think um, the United States has played a role that is totally new in the world order, especially in the multilateral world order that we've come to be used to. So the tensions remain, and um, I think the concerns remain. So I wouldn't be surprised if um, those sectors are here.
0: Very well. Let's take a call from Skoku and uh, Robert. Good evening. Thank you for calling us. Robert? I understand Robert is not ready for us. Let's move on. One of the wide-ranging issues to which we made mention of earlier on was the fact that, of course, COVID could not be, as a conversation, not be on the table. But an equally important one, and for a South African perspective, an especially important one, how can the BRICS Business Forum go hammer and tongs in fighting for female emancipation in relation to business and related entrepreneurship? Because most of our economies really do not come home looking too good when you look at Brazil, India, China, South Africa, Russia on their statistics in relation to women owning capital and owning industries and leading industries. What are the kinds of conversations that are taking place there to correct this obvious social abnormality?
1: South Africa has carried the flag, I think, in this regard. um, Because the South African uh, five member Council of the, of the South African chapter has got two women. So uh, two out of five are women. And I, there have been conversations in the past about the inclusion of women at the table when it comes to the Brics Business Council. And with the agitation of South Africa and Russia leading the agitation of the BRICS Business Women's Alliance, and um, that follows a similar pattern as the BRICS Business Council. So there are five members from each country that form this BRICS Business Women's Alliance. What's important for me is that the voices of the BRICS Business Women's Alliance must come to the center table. We can't have a formation that is on the slide, that is a by-the-way, and um, that ends up picking the crumbs. The business opportunities are at the centre table and the BRICS Business Women's Alliance needs to be there. Let's
0: talk in relation to all of that. When we talk about development, especially in this world that COVID has more than revealed to us, the digital technology space is absolutely critical. And I'm asking this question even though I anticipate it might be something which is a strong province of that of Ms. Stella Ndabini-Abrams, the minister in the particular department. But surely when we talk about partnerships and growth of technology and Russia and China, India, South Africa, Brazil, all should have a stake in that. I'd mention we we account for 42% of the world's population so this alliance essentially is half of the world and technology can really be driven by us especially given china and india account for two-thirds of the world's population alone
1: so healthcare and uh, digital economy were probably one of the most prominent topics covered of course, because we're in the midst of it yes couldn't be ignored but the Digital economy and the availability and accessibility of healthcare were now the solutions that were being put on, on the table. So these conversations were deep and um, I think across the board. So i, I may just I just back to the nine working groups that I indicated we work through. Seven of them are sector-facing and one of these seven is the digital economy working group. They're the decisions or the engagements where, around um, how digital infrastructure can be made more reliable, more affordable in remote and rural areas. And this is across all five nations. This is an important issue. Digital literacy, I believe that South Africa has a bit of set up work to do and um, post development in that regard promotion of national e-commerce platforms and, um, you know, standards for, for the digital economy, all of these, and, mm. and what technologies are available for small and medium enterprises. These were important economies. Everybody realized that all of a sudden we couldn't survive without digital, so digital technology under COVID, and, those of us who are slightly more privileged therefore continued in some ways, and those of us who are not as privileged and who do not have the access to the digital uh, economy, were therefore even further disadvantaged. And we know that this has impacted not just adults and professionals and people who were in the work environment, but it impacted young children at schools. There were young children who were able to Zoom classes and there were children who didn't have that access. So this is a very big topic. I believe, I expect that South Africa will be throwing a lot of energy behind that. In fact, if I may just draw from today's Spain um, Investment uh, Conference, mm. one of the talking points was how can we make South Africa even more attractive for digital investment, for the digital uh, dollar that is looking for a home, we do have pockets of, um, of uh, entrepreneurship and, and innovation that are happening in the Western Cape and right in housing, and those need to be supported with the adequate financing, and I think we need to actually pull the net even wider and reach out to the other provinces as Excellent. well. I expect that the Perks Business Council will be supporting whatever relevant structures in doing that.
0: You have a standing invitation then, Ms. Mabuza, to come back and tell us of the progress, not just from the summit itself, but also the work, and now that's going to be taking place in the silos of the working groups and specifically how South Africans can participate in this most wonderful and big forum that is the BRICS Business Forum. Chairperson then of the South African chapter of the BRICS Business Council, Ms. Busi Mabuza, thanking her for her time in giving us a sense as to what's happening on the globe specifically the multilateral platform that is brazil russia india china and south africa good evening everybody